You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. This conversation features myself, of course, and Nick Holmes from the bands Paradise Lost and Bloodbath. Now, the reason for the conversation is to promote the brand new album from Bloodbath titled The Arrow of Satan is Drawn. It's out there on the market already, so I definitely recommend you wrap your ears around that one. In the meantime, let's have a listen to what Nick has to say. Here we go. Hey, mate. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. How's things uh, been for you? All right, mate. Yeah, not bad. How are you? Good? Mate, plugging away. Yeah, just uh, it's, uh, I'm nearer your vintage and age to maybe some of the other people you're used to t- talking to, but I'm back at uni, mate, so I'm around all, right, the, bloody, right. I'm ba- I'm around all the young ones these days, and I'm, reminding that I'm rem- being reminded, not that they're doing it, that I am my age, because I tried to swim 12 laps of a 50-metre pool today. Holy shit. All right, all right. <laughs> After a three day, I wouldn't say a binge, but you know you're getting old, and you'll probably relate to this. When the person you drink the most with is your own mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's. I, I needed three days afterwards. Uh, after about this drinking session, I got off three clear days where I have nothing to do. So I just kind of mope about the house in a dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do it. You got to. You got to. You got to have your downtime, haven't you? But. Look, this, I'll tell you yeah. something. This album here of yours uh, with Bloodbath, I think it's your second album with these guys, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. So The Arrow of Satan is drawn. Now, I was, I'm very familiar with your other band, of course, Paradise Lost, and I had a really good chat to Greg last year ahead of the Australian tour. Um, but I was only familiar with Bloodbath through Dan Swanner, whose career I followed a little bit in the early days. But I hadn't heard much... Uh, from the band, I knew you had releases out there, but until Chris sent this one through. So between this one and the new albums from Terrorizer and Monstrosity, it's so great to hear high-quality, no-bullshit extreme metal performed by musicians who have decades of experience and really know what to do. So my question for you, mate, is did you think it was going to be as strong an album as it sounds when you were actually recording it? Um, well, uh, first, I'm glad you like it. Actually, that's a good start. <laughs> good start. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I, I know that the, the guys are very passionate about it. You know, I mean, they they still listen to death metal regularly in their, in their downtime. Mm. Uh, you know, and if we do any traveling in the van or, or the bus, it's always on all the time, and they're still massive fans of it. So it's always there. So uh, I didn't think for a minute there'd be anything that would be kind of lackluster or substandard at all when when the songs were coming through. Yeah. So. Um, um, yeah, it was quite. I mean, everyone sort of. Uh, Jonas writes his own songs. Um, Anders writes his own songs, and Joachim Yoke, the new uh, new guitar player, he wrote his his own tracks as well. So it's. I mean, I contributed to us to some mainly Anders songs. I wrote some lyrics for it, but mm-hmm. I think the fact everyone writes their own songs from start to finish is is a more of a it's a quicker way of, re- of writing, and uh, it's um, there's no kind of there's not too much kind of saying, oh, well, this should be this, that should be that, I should do this. Or it's it's quite a natural, seemed quite quite a quite a good flow in the songwriting from my point of view. You know, there was no kind of very sort of natural thing. And the fact that everyone's done it for so long as well, I think, you know, there's no yeah. there's no egos or anything like that at all. It's just about making the album as good as it can be. You know, and uh, hmm. yeah, I mean, it was it was quite a natural, quite a smooth thing, really. You know, do you think? Here's a good question for you, okay? So I was talking to John Mako from Fifth Angel, you know, the reactivated band from Seattle. They've got a cracking new album out, actually, but it's the old dilemma of how do you plan on marketing 
an album such as The Arrow of Satan is drawn, do you, how do you cut through all of the noise on social media? Because there's a question that I asked John about the Fifth Angel album, and he, he acknowledged basically that, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to really cut through everything, and how do you pick an audience? So how do you guys pick an audience here, or do you think an audience is drawn to you because of the vast experience and all the other bands that the band's members in Bloodbath are in? I think there's that element, perhaps with people that are of a certain age. I think getting in younger people, that's that's a different thing altogether. I mean, hmm. you know, I mean, it's a lot of the time you're getting parents are taking their kids, and the kids are getting it through yep. their parents, you know, uh, which does happen all the time. Especially like bands like Maiden, for example. Probably most of the younger crowd is just older people that are taking their kids to yep. got into listening to it through their parents. Um, pretty much like football, I guess. You know, if you got parents into football, there's a good chance you're going to be into yeah. it as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, yeah, it's, with young people, I don't know. That's that's. The, I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, I mean, I've got kind of, I've got kind of grown up kids now, and I I don't know what makes them tick at all musically. It's, uh, the stuff they listen to, to me is just garbage, absolute rubbish, nonsense. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, at the same yep. time, there's kind of droves that listen to the same stuff, and it's like, well, I just don't get it. I mean, it's it's not like you're kind of listening to a, uh, some rock or metal that you don't get. It's just like an alien form of me. I just don't, what is this stuff? You know, it's. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of turn into your typical kind of dad sort of comments, but um, you're on the but, money. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. as far as you know, our age, I do think there is perhaps, perhaps there's a certain element of nostalgia. I mean, everything always goes around in a circle as well, because I mean, you know. Um, and I think when you get middle-aged, from my experience, you tend to look back to your best times in your life, and it probably is from being like 14 to 21. You know, that's probably one of the best times <laughs> in your life, I think. You know, when, when you had energy. You just, <laughs> yeah, and you just yeah. you, you kind of – I mean, especially in in my case, that you know, death metal was in its infancy. It was a new force to be reckoned with, and thrash was as well. You know, Metallica yep. just started out, and it was uh, – heavy metal completely turned around. It was a really exciting time, you know, and, and I was such a great – great it was so good to be part of that you know and i think that's never going to leave you so when you kind of i don't know 25 years later you look back and think wow that was such a good time you and it kind of the nostalgia comes back i guess you know maybe yeah i understand your point and you you've you've alluded to the fact that i've already mentioned but you framed it quite well you've been doing this a bloody long time so mm. have you survived because you're playing fairly uncompromising music at the end of the day how, how have you managed to survive all of the bullshit, you know, I'm not saying for a moment that the labels you're with are trying to rip you off or what have you, but you know what I'm saying, the pitfalls are out there. So how, yeah. how did you avoid all of that and go on to craft a 35-year career or thereabouts? Yeah, um, I think it's, I mean, we, we've, we've been, I mean, I saw interviews like old interviews with Lemmy, I mean, he just says you've got, there's, there's so much luck involved and he's totally true. It's The amount of luck involved is is phenomenal you know i mean you can be the best greatest band in the world i mean you've also got good people around you as well i mean mm. it's important if you can get a good management you know i mean that's super super important thing you know you there's so many like you say pitfalls and we've we've been very lucky with record labels you know we haven't yeah. everyone we've sort of worked with along the way hasn't we haven't really come across any sharks so to speak uh and we've we've been lucky enough to have very good management all the way through his career and uh and just just general good luck you know yeah it's it's uh yeah i mean it's it's and i'm also i mean you've got to have a passion for it i mean you can't do anything by halves yeah. either i don't think you know that's also i do think a lot of people just they think well because they're a very talented guitar player they just expect to get famous or, or expect to get 
people like coming to the gigs and it doesn't always work like that you know it's 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 not it's not really the case at all you know i know some fantastic singers who just can't seem to do anything you know it's it's just um mm. yeah it's like i said it's uh it's the big look i think you know mm. actually i do follow you on twitter and i, I find <laughs> a lot of your comments hilarious actually and that one recently that you put up about that band threaten um yeah. <laughs> what about that yeah. that's the weirdest thing that i've read in ages with regards to the music industry this bloke did like a build it and they shall come thing like field of dreams or something yeah, yeah he, well he, he did uh no there was a kind of used news piece on it which i read and then the guy went really into depth about how he's kind of paid for he, he, i mean i'm guessing this 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 guy's from a, a wealthy background and hmm. I mean, they were they were saying it probably cost him like thirty thousand pounds just to do the UK tour, you know. Yeah. And there was, and then, the, the, I mean, the, how he's kind of done it is quite. It's like you can make a movie from it. It's almost like uh, Catch Me If You Can sort of thing. Yeah. I, it just, I always found it's quite. I mean, and actually, no disrespect to the guy, but it's very strange how he did it all. And he was kind of hanging up his bed sheets to make it look like he was backstage. <laughs> and, uh, but but if you kind of chase up the, the backstory, I mean, it's quite fascinating, really. And, and to be honest, he's, he's actually quite a good musician. I mean, it's not Michael Petit at all. It's, uh, when I heard it, it was, oh, God, no. But it, hmm. he can play, you know. And, and uh, yeah, he's, he's strange. It, was, it kind of reminded me of the great cat. I don't know if you remember her. But, I mean, years I ago. I do. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, her, of that, course. Yeah. There was so much hype. She suddenly got front covers and she came out of nowhere saying Beethoven, Beethoven speed metal, all that. It sort of reminded me of that. The, the kind of massive hype uh, and then it just yes. kind of vanished you know like a, like a really ex, really expensive firework <laughs> yeah yeah it was just such a I, I, I must have read similar articles if not the same article that you read too and, and I thought yeah. he sounds like an industrious young fella all he needed to do really was just do the grind that every band has to do and probably within a year or two he would have been a success he didn't need to bypass or try to cheat the system and rip off venues yeah yeah I mean I, I, I don't know I mean like I I mean, if they, I guess the venue, if they cover what they they need for the night, then obviously yeah. they're not going to kind of break even or anything. No. But uh, but it, yeah, it's like it's like you say, you're just going to kind of piss people off. You can't really do that. But no. the fact he's, he's, I'm surprised he's the first person to do it. Really, I mean, but I liked how he can affect all the uh, the YouTube comments and all <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I know, and, and I, I know what you're talking about with the bed sheets up behind him and having an imaginary person <laughs> off screen asking him questions. I, I haven't, yeah, I've only seen the, the still of the video, but was there someone actually asking him questions or was he just doing that cut to answer of question without actually I've, having the question asked? I don't know. Yeah, this is the thing. I don't know. I mean, I mean my, my friend sent me the link and I, was, I must have spent like half a day just <laughs> checking this guy out. <laughs> I was kind of fascinated. I mean, I did, the thing is, with like we say with Twitter, I don't have an opinion either yeah. way. You know, I just like mention it and that's it. You know, see what everyone else says about it. But, but yeah, no, it's, oh. it's fascinating. No, it's, it's, it's it's good gossip. That's yeah, <laughs> I, I look, it, it made our world turn for a day or two until the next one comes along. You know, you know what Twitterverse <laughs> yeah. is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um the Australian tour last year, how how good how was that? I know when I talked to Greg, he was looking forward to it, but did it go well for you guys? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, I think Melbourne and Sydney, in particular, were cracking gigs. Yeah, really. It's, I mean, I, we 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 love coming to Australia. You know, it's it's, uh, it's great. I mean, I, I was I was it's always a pleasure to go there. Uh, you know, but uh, it's it is expensive to get there. But yeah. to tour there is very expensive for us to you know for for European bands to get over there. But I mean, uh, when we are there, yeah, it's great. It's very kind of laid back. Uh, everything. And the guys who were looking after us over there were great as well. They were great guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, rolling the next one. Hopefully, you know. Yeah, cool. Actually, but hopefully I'll... we can get down. Yeah, I was saying, like, hopefully we can get down with Bloodbath. That would be fantastic. Well, yeah, that was going to be one of my questions, actually. Yeah, because I did. I read it correct that you are 
pulling double duty on some shows coming up in December. So you you got Paradise Lost and Bloodbath on the same bill, and you're obviously performing in both. Yeah, that, I mean that'll be on. Uh, that's probably the seventy thousand tons of metal actually. I oh, might have been. Yeah. Yeah, we did that a few years ago actually. So it's. I mean, it's kind of alternate nights, so it's kind of four nights. I just played which band. Yeah. I mean, I've only played. I played on the same bill on the same night. I did that at the Damnation Festival, which I, I wouldn't want to repeat too often, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a. Yeah. It's a bit of a killer. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. And it's for contrasting styles too. It needs to be said. I mean, you, the attitude I imagine and the psyche you need to adopt before you go on stage is vastly different, isn't it? Yeah, it's well. I mean, it's, it's uh, as long as you're not. I mean, with bloodbath, it's just like literally death metal rapping. You're kind of rapping from the minute you get on to the minute you get off. You don't really have mm. time to feel about how tired you are. Because uh, the, 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 there's no space. You just kind of just it's just instantly bang, 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 bang. Um, obviously, peels a lot different, but yeah, it was. Uh, I was kind of. I slept well that night. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I better do a time check. Is somebody calling you at uh, quarter two, or have we got another five minutes or so? Um, I've got. 12 o'clock, next one. Okay, well, oh, I'm okay. it's 12. Where are you? All right, sweet, no worries. Well, you've done you've done a lot, okay? So we've already talked about the Paradise Lost, Bloodbath, and the length of time you've been in the industry. But what's the most memorable tour or show that you've performed? Is there any one that really stands out as being unique? Um, I mean, pro- probably the what I, I tend to say it a lot, but it, it was when we played the Dynamo Festival, I think it was 1995, Mm. Uh, with Paradise Lost, I mean, it was a, it was the kind of, it was the days when they didn't really think about how many people were in, were watching, you know, the capacity. There was no kind of, kind of health and safety sort of thing. So there was like 150,000, or maybe, maybe less than that. But it was, it was definitely over 120, I think, mm. uh, watching. And uh, I think we headlined there was Typo Negative as well, which was kind of mm. around the time they were really kind of, you know, they were really hitting things. So it was, but I remember I had to, there was, we had to set the fireworks off at the end of the gig. And uh, everyone was watching, and I, and I was, I was very honoured to be asked to, to kind of press down the plunger, you know, to set off the, yeah, like uh, like in a road on a cartoon, you know, set yeah, off the, thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So so I pressed it down, and, and nothing worked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd broken. Kind of just, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was oh my god, and I remember just walking backwards, trying to sink into the the kind of dry ice, like oh no. And then once I walked off stage, they went off. Then so it was like, all right, it was a delayed reaction, but I always remember thinking. <laughs> I mean, now, because I, I, I was quite young when that happened, so I thought, oh, fuck it. And I forgot about it like pretty quickly. But if it was now, I don't think I'd dare even go out of the house again because there would be YouTube clips of it. I'd oh, yeah, never look down. Oh, it'd be a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> how, how do you cope with that? You know, fans in, you know, what's his name? Maynard from Tool or a Perfect Circle when he was in one of the two bands performing. He famously banned people using mobile phones and uh, recording things at the gigs. Is, it, is that something you care about or are you just whatever, do whatever you think you need <laughs> You just—I I just think it makes you—you you got to up your game, you know. You got to be as good as you can. You—you you can't really, you can't. It just makes you you're kind of constantly—you're on stage all the time, you know. Even when you're going to the hotel or you're getting out, coming out of the airport, or if there's people around, and you know, you don't have to. There doesn't have to be thirty people there. There could be one person there, as long as if he's filming you, you're on—you're on the internet, you know. Yeah. So I think when I see guys coming through airports, they're just long, long flights, and there's guys hassling them and filming, oh, yeah. and they're kind of pissed off. And but I, I understand how they feel, but at the same time, you just got to. Remember that you're going to be on the internet the day after, or even the hour after. You know, it's, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird. It's a weird thing. Like I said, you just feel like you're on stage all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, and yeah. I, I know Maynard. He, they played the uh, the this, this Spanish festival. Um, B Prog, my friend, actually, with Perfect Circle. Okay. And uh, and there wasn't 
there was there's no clips of that gig anywhere because he but he, he wouldn't let people film it. But in a way, I quite like that because he's kind of kept the mystery. Because now I would I would have loved to have seen that gig, but I didn't see it and I can't see it. So it's it's like oh well maybe next time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It makes you kind of want to go and see them now. We well, remember what, you know, remember what the old days were like, don't you? Some some gigs became law. Like I remember when Nirvana played here on the Gold Coast at Fisherman's Wharf and. It seems like a hundred thousand people watched that gig, even though the venue only had a capacity of eight hundred people or what have you. And yeah, yeah. there's nobody around to record them back then. You know, early Faith No More shows, whatever it might be. But their their legend has such that it's it's just spread, and people talk about these things with with such great reverence. I feel like these days there's none of that sort of talking up shows that happen because just about everybody somewhere's recorded it. So oh yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah like, I see that all the time. It's, and these people expect to see it on YouTube as well. Like it's almost like it's uh, well, it's like well, where's your show? You know, it's well, you know, it's yeah. And, and then they say, oh well, you did the same set list. It's like well, <laughs> you know, it's it's you you know, twenty years ago, Slayer did the same set list, but you didn't know because it was a different town and, mm. and it wasn't on the well. I say twenty years, thirty years. Let's get real now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I read Slayer. I think they came to the Marquee in London on the Hella Waits tour. They did. I think the only UK show they did was uh, it was Hella Waits album, and they played in the Marquee. And I, I was a little bit young actually, so I couldn't get. But my my neighbour went, and I was so jealous that he went. To, he saw that. And even now, I'm like, oh, I wish I'd seen that. You know. Oh, bitch, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bitch. Like you said. Sorry, go on. No, you're right. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. you no, I'm, I'm just saying, like shows, kind of, like you said, they sort of uh, become legendary like you said it's like uh you know. yeah yeah there's there, that nirvana show sticks in memory because i was too young to go myself but I, I don't think i would have wanted to go to be honest with you i was always into bands like morbid angel and paradise lost so nirvana were a bit <laughs> light on the spectrum but uh yeah look it's one of those things but um there is one band that i really did want to see in their incarnation that can no longer happen and that's uh judas priest with kk downing in them um, all right yeah, I, I, as a guitarist, I've always really admired his his rhythmic technique and the like. But I read his book as well. I don't know whether you've had a chance to peruse. I haven't that read one. it yet. No, I, 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 a friend of mine works really close with you, Priest. I mean, uh, I've had a few friends work with Priest actually through the years. But yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I think yeah, we we play with them. Well, we didn't. No, we we in the same hotel as them actually. We don't actually play with them, but we just happened to bump into them in our time. Oh, yeah. They're such guys. They're really dark worth. Really nice people. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I mean. KK's almost 70, and uh, you feel for him a bit through... I won't reveal anything to you about what's in the book to save you so that you can read it for yourself, but, yeah, there's a lot in there that I sort of think, Jesus, he had to put up with some real shit. And it's not it's stuff that you'd put up with over... You'd, you'd think... You understand why he put up with it. You're thinking that tomorrow's going to be a new day and it'll bring a new attitude, but it just never did, and you understand why he left the band, but I would have loved to have seen them with, with him in it, actually. It's a bit of a... What do you think of that trend these days where... Uh, like with Priest, where you've got... I know the two that they've got in there are extremely capable. Um, God, yeah. what's, what's the name of the producer that's in there? Sorry, from um, Hell, the band. Andy Sneap. Andy Sneap. How could I forget his yeah. name? Yeah. Do you reckon yeah. they'll do another album? I, I reckon, yeah. I mean, uh, I've never actually been in a Priest. I mean, I, it's, it's funny. I... I I've got so many friends that are in the priest, but for some reason it always passed me by. I don't. I mean, I know the songs. I know the the, the hit songs. I, I did actually quite like the Painkiller album. Oh yeah, uh, fantastic. But, yeah. But, but I was never into them as a kid, and I never really can carried on, you know. So, but but I mean, obviously, I'm, I mean, I know a lot of the songs and all the the hits that they've had in, in the, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, th I mean, they're as big as they ever were, you know. I mean, they're always massive in the states as well, and mm. 
I mean, you don't, you know, you don't have to. You can look at recent concerts, and they just they're just packing out places. You know, they're still still really a big demand for them. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't do another album. That's for sure. You know. Yeah. No. No. I agree, mate. I agree. And you, you also got Dio. I think it wasn't an announcer that there's. I don't want to quote the number, but I will quote it anyway. It's twenty or fifty dates or something like that with the hologram going around. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't know. Because I don't know, I've got mixed. I mean, well, well, I mean, my my friend went and he says, "Oh, it's really good," and it's he was glad he went to see it. And I think, well, in that case, then it's a, it's a, it's a victory, you know, in that respo- in that regard. But at the same time, it's like, well, someone's making some money out of that somewhere, and it's not, you know, I, I don't know. I've got mixed feelings on it, but you know. Yeah, well, I'm I'm different. Look, I don't have any. I don't. I wouldn't influence anybody's opinion either way. If someone wants to go and see it, so be. But I'm the sort of guy that didn't go and see Black Sabbath on their last tour because they didn't have Bill Ward because they didn't feel it was the real thing. Right. And, yeah. Uh, God, having a hologram up on stage, I'd I'd, I'd tune out. I think I'd probably get the sense that it's it's not for me really. And I don't think who are the musicians that they're using these days? I don't even think they were on the first couple of albums, were they? You know, from um, Last in Line. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I, yeah, this is and yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit fake, isn't it? It's a little bit phony. Mm. Like I said, someone's making the pocket in something <laughs> from that. Uh, yeah. It's just a bit, yes. Yeah, but like I said, my, my mate went and he's a massive Dio fan and he, he loved it. So I guess, well, in that respect, I guess you know. But it's mm. like you say, it's, it's not really for me. I, I won't be lining up to go and see. It, I don't think. But no. Well, mate, I better let you go to the next one, get a cup of tea or so before the next one comes along. But it's been really great to chat to you. I'll keep on following you on Twitter, and fingers crossed that you guys get down here sometime soon with Bloodbath. Yeah, cool, mate. I thought you were going to say fingers crossed. You might say something sensible on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> mate, everything you say is sensible. Please, actually, don't say anything sensible on Twitter because you're giving me too much joy, mate. <laughs> Those comments. That's, you've got a sharp wit, mate. I always love a sharp wit, and I enjoy seeing yours. So, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, bud. No worries, mate. All right. Gotcha. All right. Nice speaking to you, man. All the best. No worries, mate. Bye. Cheers, buddy. See you. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation featured Nick Holmes from The Outfits, Paradise Lost, and Bloodbath. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>